0: Well, good morning. I hope you guys have had a fantastic weekend and thank you for spending some time with us here this morning. Um, if you are maybe you, um, didn't take the step to be a part of family dedication, but after my prayer is that after today's message, maybe that's something that you want to do. If you would like to see that content and, um, watch that on your own, with your family on your own, we would love to be able to share that with you. So you can let us know, if you just stop by the information desk on the way out today, you can let them know that you would like to get that link that we sent out to the families. And we would love to have you view that and just be a part of that conversation because it was a great time. And um, really the whole thing is all about uh, the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is influence. We're in the middle of a series that we call family drama. There are a lot of things that cause drama in families and influence in what we allow to influence our lives as individuals, as parents, as kids, as employees, as friends, whatever it may be. We have things in our lives that we allow to influence us in a specific way. Maybe you woke up and you turned the tv on today and there was a commercial that came on and you said hey look they're running this sale buy one get one free and it influenced you to want to go out and shop after today. okay i get that maybe you saw the commercial for something was on sale at a restaurant that has a special deal going on you're like that's what we're going to eat after the service is over with maybe uh, you didn't realize that commercials were even influencing your life then you don't stream your television service like we do um, because you can watch a show and then as soon as it cuts to a commercial, you have to turn it down like 10% in order to not have the commercial blow the speakers out of your TV. Like literally, they're influencing you in a way by turning everything up so that you pay attention to it. And that's the way that commercials, you were like, well, thank you for that lesson today. All right, so those are ways that that things like that influence us. There are other things, social media. I think a lot of us would agree that things like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, whatever it may be, that these are places that we're influenced and by individuals that influence us. There are times where we see things that people post and we think, my family doesn't do that. Like I need to have what their family has. I need to go where their family's going. I need to have what this person has. There are times when our neighbors or our friends influence us. Maybe you woke up one morning and you realized that there was a brand new car in your neighbor's driveway. And you found yourself later on that day, researching new cars and going, well, maybe it's a time for me to upgrade. Maybe I need to get something newer. Like I can't have less compared to what they have sitting in their driveway. And I know that this next thing has kind of been a a hot topic, no pun intended, um, with what I'm about to say over the, the last couple months, but I'm just gonna say it. There are enough people in here who understand that the hot now sign at Krispy Kreme is an influence. Like, I don't think about donuts that often, but I walk. if I walk, I go past Krispy Kreme and I see that light. It's like a moth to a flame. I don't even go get donuts. It's just seeing it. And I sit there and go, I could eat a dozen of those. And some of you laugh because you're like, okay. And truth is, is that I've done it. Uh, I'm not real proud of that idea or that thought, but the truth is that I've done that. Like, there's things that influence us. And I think that we would be honest when we say that. But how do we know when those influences are the right influence. As a society, we found ourselves influenced at every turn. No matter what we do, where we go, we're influenced by something. To the point that there is a certain, there are certain uh, generations now that if you say define influence, they wouldn't necessarily define influence, they would define influencer. And here's why. They would describe it this way. If you're sitting there going, I don't know what that means. Well, hang on for a second, all right? A person with the ability to influence potential buyers of a product or service by promoting or recommending the items online. The number of times that you've been looking at something or you've been watching a YouTube video or if you are a parent in the room and you have kids that watch these, these channels of families who then promote Toys and they do toy reviews. The reason they're reviewing those toys aren't because it was something amazing that happened in their lives, no, it's because they were paid to do that so that you would go and buy them. There were times where my wife and I have experienced those times where our daughter is like, We need to do this, we need to get this. Look at what they have. I'm like, That's awesome. If you can find somebody to pay me. To put something on there online like that, we'll do it, all right, we'll do that. But when it comes down to an influencer, really at the, the simplest form is this, a person or thing that influences another. So the big deal here is that we often find ourselves fighting for the things that are, or fighting the things that actually are influencing our lives and that we're allowing to influence our lives and the lives of those in our families. Now, typically a message that talks about influence, especially like this um, in this context, will typically come from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, I want to read some verses. I'm going to go through this and because this is kind of what's the jumping off point for today for me, but I want to start here. We're not going to spend a lot of time here. I just want to read these, and they'll be on the screen. It says, this is the command, the statutes and ordinances the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you so that you may follow him in the land that you are about to enter and possess. Do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping his statutes and commands. I'm giving you, your son, and your grandson so that you may have a long life. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly because the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your city gates. It's a reminder here to the nation of Israel from, from Moses saying that, that God is commanding this nation to influence other people. Specifically the next generation that they're talking about here. It's the reason that it says, you, your kids, your grandkids, that's what's being said here. And the more I read these verses, I actually found myself asking two questions. One was who or what influences my life? And the other was something very similar. How do they influence the type of influence that I have on others? That was what I started to think about a lot. So I ended up going on this quest, for those of you who understand like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, like you understand, this is my quest, like in the moment, okay? Um, Some of you are sitting there going, I don't know what he's talking about, just keep on moving, all right? I went on a quest to find those influences and to name those influences in my life and how they influence my influence. So I found myself spending a lot of time in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is written by Solomon, who was king of Israel. He was the son of King David. He was the heir to the throne. And this is a man who, that God said, I will grant you anything. And he said, give me wisdom. So this is, many people would consider the wisest person who has ever lived. So I would say we probably need to pay attention to what he has to say about influence and the importance of it. Because around 99% of the over nine or nearly 900 proverbs that are written in the Bible came from Solomon, including the ones that we're gonna focus on today. Now, I didn't land on proverbs that were talking about perfect families. I didn't land on proverbs that were talking about perfect parenting. Or even talking about perfect kids. I get that. And and the reason is, is because there's no such thing as a perfect person. So therefore, there's no perfect parenting uh, proverb. There's no perfect family proverb. There's no perfect in that context because we're not perfect. And maybe you're sitting here going, but you don't know my kids. Like, they they are perfect. Well, I'm just going to assume that they are literally newborn. And that you've yet to change a diaper. (laughs) Because if you have, you would understand that there's nothing godly about that. As a matter of fact, you're sitting there going, what was brought into the world? What did I do? Like, I get it. I understand. I've been there. So today, I want us to focus a little bit on talking about from Proverbs or reading through and, and just having this conversation from Proverbs 28. And the more I was reading and studying more about what these influences were in my life and why they were there, I started to understand that I actually allow a lot of these influences. And how do I need to find the ones that are the right influence? So let me show you what I found. Proverbs 28 verse two. It says, when a land is in rebellion, it has many rulers, but with a discerning and knowledgeable person, it endures. Now, this is specifically written about a nation and how a nation is ruled and governed, okay? So we're not going to stay there uh, at all, actually. We're going to talk about that, but I think that when we take that principle of having too many rulers, too many voices speaking into truth or not speaking truth in some cases we get to the place that we have to understand how many rulers are actually taking place or actually ruling in my life. Because the nation of Israel was going to understand in time that they were gonna have a lot of change when it came to leadership. There was gonna be a point in time where they were going to move rapidly from one ruler and one leader to another. And as they did that, then there were gonna be different voices speaking into it at different times, people that had their best interest in mind that had the people's best interest in mind, some that were fervent about having God's best interest in mind for everyone else. And when that happens, and there is a lot of different side ideas and, and conversations, it leads a nation into chaos is what it tells us here. So this is the question that I have for us today. How many leaders are directing your life? How many leaders are directing your life? You may be sitting here going, well, my boss, my boss's boss, Um, maybe um, a pastor, uh, maybe it's uh, someone who leads a small group or a serving team, uh, a teacher. There are a lot of different leaders in our lives, but the difference here is that the leaders that we allow to become rulers. See, the nation of Israel had an issue because there were too many rulers speaking into everything happening, and it was going to cause chaos. I think a lot of us understand this. How many people have ever heard the saying, too many cooks in the kitchen? Right? Okay, we get this. So, um, like, I've always thought of that saying as being about, there are too many people in there, so you kind of trip over each other, you get in each other's way, and that makes a lot of sense, but I was actually having a conversation about this message with Uh, Johanna Parent, and we were in the office one day, and she actually brought that up, and she was like, well, in a high-end kitchen, there are multiple people in there who have very specific responsibilities. They're given those responsibilities by the chef. And if they take the responsibility from someone else, or they're given that responsibility when they're not supposed to have it, the food gets overcooked. The food is over-seasoned. And what should have been something good or was intended to be good easily could turn into something different. How many of us in here have ever accused someone else of being a backseat driver? Okay, so the people who didn't raise their hands have been accused of being a backseat driver. All right, so I get, me too, all right. And the truth is, is that the more people who are driving a car at once, is not a good thing. All right? It's just not the way it works. So it's different if you have a really long trip and you split it up, okay? Because there's still one person in control the entire time. Recently, our staff went on a staff retreat. And Pastor Jonathan was gracious enough to say, hey, I will drive my truck. Pastor Scott and myself rode with him. This is the beginning of a really bad joke, by the way. There are three pastors in a truck going on staff retreat. Like that's what this sounds like. <laughs> Honestly, for Pastor Jonathan, it probably turned into a joke after some time. Because if you were to ask him, and he's he's not here today, but if you were to ask him and be, and say, are Pastor Scott and Pastor Brian uh, backseat drivers? Yes, absolutely, yes. And it wasn't even that we were trying to make his life difficult. We were trying to help, but there are also times that we were just giving him a hard time. And if you know us well enough, that makes a lot of sense. Like there were times where he would, we would literally sit there and go, you just gonna let that person go past you? Don't you wanna catch up with them? Don't let them do that to you. And Pastor Jonathan in his way as nice as he could be, as kind as he could be, just took it in stride, which just gave us more ammunition. I think it's what ended up happening. And so continuously that was the case. He would probably say that there were too many people trying to be in control of the car. Multiple people being in control of the car only happens when the person steering the car allows that to happen. So how many leaders are directing your, your life? How many leaders are directing your family? Is it Netflix? Disney Plus? YouTube? Facebook? Instagram? Pinterest? Is it your calendar? Because one of the things that I've learned for me specifically. it's a lot of time my calendar dictates my decisions not necessarily because i want it to but i allow it to that's the difference i allow it to dictate those decisions and then it becomes a ruler in my life when there's too many rulers everything falls into chaos now there's maybe some maybe it's your job that you're allowing to influence every other aspect of your life. And there's nothing wrong with these things that I mentioned. And there are a lot of other things. But there's no stability in allowing those things to become rulers in our lives. It's one thing for them to have influence. It's another thing to become a ruler. And at the end of the day, Jesus Christ should be the influence that is influencing our influence. We can have people speaking in our lives. We should have people speaking in our lives. We need to ask the question, is Jesus the influence in their lives when I'm allowing them to influence me? Because there's a big difference when that happens. So how do we understand if Christ is influencing those influences in our lives. Well, let's keep going. Proverbs 28, verses 19 and 20. The one who works his land will have plenty of food, but whoever chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. A faithful person will have many blessings, but one in a hurry to get rich will not go unpunished. This is not talking about that money is bad. Pastor Jonathan talked about that. Um very plainly and eloquently last week. This is not what this is saying here, but in verse 19, it is a reminder that the reward of work is the harvest. The reward of work is what you get out of it. That's the point. When I work hard to keep Jesus as the central influence in my life, the foundation, the centerpiece of my life, I will reap a reward and a harvest of influence. When I'm tired from a long week, but I love my wife and my daughter the way that Christ loves them, it influences my influence on them. The same thing goes for work, friendships. When I put put in the hard work to keep Jesus as the influence in my life, I will reap a harvest of influence then verse 20 sums up as to why we actually stop working to keep Jesus as the influence. It says that a faithful person will have many blessings, but one in a hurry to get rich will not go unpunished. This isn't talking about get-rich-quick schemes. I want you to think about it in a different way. Because when I don't put in the work, I start chasing fantasies. And the fantasy for you may be What's in the neighbor's driveway today that you don't have in yours? The fantasy may be the vacation that somebody else is posting about and you've seen pictures about or you've seen videos of, and now you're chasing it. Again, there's nothing wrong with these things until we allow them to have rule in our lives. When we do that, we have to realize that a lot of times what we're doing is we're chasing the quick answer. The easy answer, the quick fix, so to speak. I'll use parenting as an example, especially in this day and time. Um, When I'm putting in the work to ensure that Jesus is my influence, everything else will be influenced by him in the same way. So I'll start to let things slip and I'll start looking for the quick fix, the quick answer, the get rich quick thing when it comes to parenting. Um, I start to do that when I had a really long day and instead of taking the time to pull the box with the game out and spend time with my family doing something together, I look at my daughter and say, oh yeah, go ahead and just play this game on this, on your tablet or on the phone. Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but if it's allowing that kind of influence in my life, where it's making me not be present in my family's life, then it can become a problem. Maybe I've spent the entire day talking. Those of you who know me well, that's just typically what happens. (laughs) That was way too loud a laugh, by the way. (laughs) There are a lot of meetings sometimes. There are a lot of conversations that happen with what I do. And sometimes you just want to get home and not talk. Or maybe you just want to go lock yourself in the bathroom for five minutes. And maybe in order to not have to stay in there a little longer, it just becomes easy to be like, well, just go watch this video here. Or just, just go do that but then I'll allow other things to have the kind of influence in my family's life that it's really my responsibility to have that kind of influence. And when I take those things and elevate them to a position of rulership or leadership in my family's life, then I'm taking Jesus out of that equation. And he's not the one who's directly speaking into them and speaking into me. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of these things, but it's important to understand that when Jesus is our central influence, that we stop looking for the quick win because it's often the wrong win. And the wrong win is worthless. There was a point in time, and I've said this before, that if there's a team that I root for and they win and they win ugly, and I sit there and go, an ugly win, still a win. I get it. I get There's no, so in that, in that context though. But what if you don't fix the problem? What if the team doesn't fix the problem that caused the ugly win? Then the next time it may not be a win at all. It may be a loss. And defeats are so much more detrimental. Because the wrong win is worthless. When we have too many rulers in our life, we don't have any rulers. When we allow social media to influence our lives as husbands or wives or parents or as employees, as friends, we don't have anything to harvest because we're not putting the work in. We're allowing someone else to dictate what we need to do. When we allow the addiction to influence our lives. we don't have anything to harvest. And certainly the people that we have influence with and or on don't have anything to harvest from what we're sowing into them. Because that can ultimately be a problem because we need to understand that Jesus is was always present in people's lives. He allowed the Father to influence him, and in turn, he influenced others. And then that influence would go to influence other people. So that's what we need to be looking for. Like, we need to, when we allow greed, when we allow uh, the 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 quick fix, the wrong win to influence our lives, we struggle to work to have something to harvest. Because if you think about it, Jesus put in the work. He didn't have to come to earth. He certainly didn't have to die and come back to life so that I could have a relationship with him his influence was influenced by the father's love for me and his actions lived that out and as a result i get to harvest i got i get to harvest salvation and relationship due to the work that Jesus put in for me. He didn't do it to get anything back from us. He did it for us. So that would then influence our actions so that we could demonstrate the same thing to other people. Because sometimes The way that we gain influence isn't about the quickest way to influence someone. No, it's literally put in the work, be present in someone's life, serve them and love them in the way that Christ loves them. And when that happens, we understand real influence, and it's not just what we can gain from it. It's not checking a box and saying, hey, I did what I'm supposed to do today. I love this person because God loves them. I treated my family this way because God loves them. No, it's because that has influenced my life. And I want to live that way. So if we know that we have these battles of, of influence, and by the way, we're going to continually have to battle those influences. So what do we do when we know that that battle has taking place? Really simple. We fight. We fight. Proverbs 28, verse 28. When the wicked come to power, people hide. But when they are destroyed, the wicked are destroyed. The righteous flourish. Sometimes we allow influence too much power, so we have to fight back to make Jesus the influence in our lives. The word wicked here in this verse means evil or morally wrong. There are things that we allow to influence our lives that are wicked. Also, there are some things that we allow to influence, uh, allow influence into our lives, but they didn't start out wicked. But we allowed them to become wicked. There's a reason that the first of the Ten Commandments that, Jesus, that God gave to the nation of Israel was, have no other gods before me. Because otherwise, we're going to continually have to fight this battle. And for some of us, we're getting tired of fighting a battle that we don't even realize, under why we don't understand why we're fighting the battle. But it's because we're allowing too many rulers and voices to speak in and we're giving them that opportunity. But another definition of wicked here is something that's intended for or capable of harming someone or something. It may not be that the things that are influencing you are inherently wicked. But maybe we've allowed them to do that because we've allowed that voice to be louder than the voice of Jesus in our lives. And when that takes place, we have to understand. We have to know that something has the capability to become wicked. And the way that happens is when it harms relationships, or destroys community. We recognize this by making sure that Jesus is the right influence. And you may be saying, then how do I know that Jesus is the right influence? Or if the things that are speaking into my life that I'm allowing to be influences into my life, how do I know if they are right? It's because the right influence is for you. The right influence is for you. The right influence... Is it trying to get something from you? The right influence wants something for you. The wrong influence are the things that we will have to battle continuously. And you have to ask yourself this question, is this voice that's speaking in my life, is it for me or is it for themselves? for the people that we trust, for the people who are speaking into our lives, we have to ask the question, is Jesus the influence of their influence in my life? And it's easy to go back and figure that out because the right influence is for you. And I often think that we forget that Jesus really is for us, that God is for us. Because a lot of times we think that his best for us is very different than the things that we allow to influence us. And that's what we have to go back and realize and remind ourselves of what God wants for us. And for instance, in. Numbers chapter six, verse 24. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Deuteronomy 7, nine. Know that the Lord, your God is God, the faithful God who keeps his gracious covenant, gracious covenant, loyalty uh, for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands The right influence is for you because his influence is everlasting. It's not momentary. Joshua 1.9, haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid and discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The right influence is for you because the right influence is ever present in your life. And then Romans 8.31, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? The way that you know that the right influence is for you is because that demonstrated that influence has demonstrated that it's for you. That's how we know that. So today, this isn't a decision that's just for a family. This isn't a decision that's just for a parent. This isn't just a decision that's for a child. This, this decision for each one of us, we have to make the decision, what am I going to allow to be the influence in my life? And as a result, allow that influence to influence my influence. We have to make that decision. You've heard it said a couple times today already that here at Springwell, our heart is to help your family win. And talking about things like this and pointing these things uh, and and pointing back to what the Bible says about influence, it's a way to help your family win. And maybe today you're sitting there and the, the wheels are turning and you're thinking, okay, so what are the things in my life right now that I'm allowing to speak into my life? What are the things that I'm allowing to have influence that don't need to have influence? Okay, then let's fight it. Fight them. Fight those voices. Fight those influences. And make the decision to allow Jesus Christ to be the influence in your life. And as a church, we want to help your family win. But in this case right now, I think one way that we can help your family win is literally to pray a blessing over you today. This isn't just for people who were getting dedicated earlier in the service, for people who were um, uh, new parents or anything like that. This is for all of us. And this blessing is that we understand that God is for us and that is for us, Then he needs to be the central influence in our lives because when that happens, my life changes. And the lives that I have influence in change because of his presence. And honestly, I want to pray this over you. I want us to do this and we're going to sing this song in just a minute and and as we do that, I want it to be encouragement to you that when you leave today, fight back. Fight back. And if you sit there and go, I don't know if I have the strength, I don't know if I have the energy, I don't know if I have the passion about doing that, then remember that God is for you. And if he is for you, then no one can stand against you. And if that's the case, then you absolutely are prepared to fight back. But the way you understand that is to remind yourself that he needs to be the central influence in our life. So over the next couple of moments, we're we're gonna, we're gonna sing together. We're gonna sing the song of blessing over you. Maybe you want to just sit where you're at Let it soak in. Maybe you want to start thinking about the things that you are allowing to influence in your life and how you're going to fight back and how you're going to do that, how you're going to make that commitment to do that. Maybe for the first time, you just realize today that God is actually for you. And if that's the case, that you want to have a relationship with him, allow the next few moments to do that. Maybe you want to stand and make it kind of a, a declaration that you are going to fight back to keep Jesus as the influence in your life. So if you want to sit there, you're good. If you want to stand up, that's okay. But this is our prayer for you today.